1: All right, Welcome to On The Bench. This is a recruiting-centric episode. I think I'm going to title it, Zach. So many stars. What are your thoughts?
0: I kind of like it, but it's a little, little weird.
1: Okay. Do you have any working titles or suggestions? Or just going to say it's kind of weird, but you also kind of like it?
0: We'll roll with that. Okay.
1: So FSU is taking on rival Miami on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. in Dope Campbell Stadium. Zach, we're we're talking about this in the context of it being perhaps the biggest recruiting weekend in the history of the Mike Norvell era. Is that is that fair?
0: I think that's fair. Um, Based on some conversations I've had this week with people inside the building, I think that's the general consensus right now. And, you know, you know, we don't even have to limit it to Florida State. Right. Like Mike's, Mike's not been at a school like FSU. Um, you know in his prior stops obviously it was at Arizona State and Memphis this just i mean from a pure talent standpoint it's honestly ridiculous I mean, we'll, we'll we'll run down kind of all the names in a bit but for mm-hmm. most of the names and it's it's unlike anything i've ever seen i think it's the most talented weekend i've ever covered at fsu obviously with the caveat that i haven't been here that long <laughs> But you know, I covered some. You didn't cover the
1: golden age of the the golden part of the Jimbo era, but yeah, yeah, true.
0: Um, But but I did, you know, I did cover that that first Virginia Tech game of Willie Taggart's era. And looking back, I don't think it was as top to bottom star studded as this one. There were some supremely talented players at that game, but obviously. We know how that ended. It didn't
1: end um, well. Yeah, this is supposed to be a good vibes type of podcast. We're not going like, to talk about what happens. I'm bring Strews back
0: history and preparing or like comparing some of the, uh, the past visit weekends. Mike's had some big weekends himself at FSU and, you know, in the, kind of their climb back up to national prominence. Oh, nice Notre season. Dame a few years ago mm-hmm. was a big one. Miami two years ago was a big one. Um, I think the Clemson weekend was one of their bigger ones last year. But I think someone posted that list on Twitter. The other day and looking back it's like man that was kind of depressing for that to be you know the the top one of the top weekends for florida state last year like i mean they they might have out done that weekend with like a you know versus duke earlier in the season just because of how much recruiting momentum they have in multiple classes this this season
1: and so much of what's gone into what is going into saturday it has been months long, if not year years long, in terms of building relationships. But then, just even like Zach, like strategically setting up, uh, knowing this would be a big game, knowing it was going to be against Miami, you knowing was falling in November, about a month out from the early signing period. Like it was all done with a lot of foresight to kind of manifest and lead to to this moment, right?
0: Yeah, no, most definitely. And I think Chris brought it up on the last podcast we did, but you know, talking to some people on the program at the end of the summer. Their focus was getting kids on campus for the Miami game. Like from that point, so that kind of shows you how long FSU staff has been working at trying to make this visit weekend elite. And honestly, like for the past couple of weeks, like we've been confirming some names, um, but a lot of times, like you know, you're not going to know full travel plans, and and you know, kids aren't going to fully confirm their their intentions of making it uh, to a visit weekend until closer to the game. So over the past two weeks, it's been a ton of confirming on our end. And it's, you know, it's been ridiculous, the amount of talent that that we've uh, gotten to confirm um, that that's expected to be in the stands on Saturday afternoon.
1: Yeah, we're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon, probably will be listening to it Wednesday evening, or maybe Thursday morning by the time I, I get it edited and posted. Uh, and, and so the names keep getting confirmed and added to like this is a up, living, breathing. We always talk about that with recruiting. Like it's always evolving, like on that, on the list of what you expect, but like the amount of work Zach's been doing to, and, and everyone uh, at twenty-four-seven to get names confirmed and whatnot. Like it, it, it's really cool to see what's coming together. Cause it just, it's a reminder of like how far this program has come Uh before we go any further and start going into some of the names specifically. Let's give a shout out to the sponsor of our podcast. It is Chattanooga Whiskey. What bottle should I talk about today? I'm just grabbing one. Rye. Oh, I don't have the rye was too far away. I think I may have killed the rye, honestly. No, there's a little bit left. Founders. uh, This is their annual release. It's their Founders blend. Uh, They basically blend a couple of different uh, type of bourbons together, including one that's like a Solera, which basically means like, there's at least a percent of the same juice that they've had every single year just kind of keeps getting blended and added with other stuff. So like over a period of time, there'll be like a a little speckle of like a 20-year-old bourbon in there, which is kind of cool. It's like a a hat tip to to Chattanooga whiskeys. uh, Meteoric rise, if you will, for an episode about stars, uh, for them to become such a fast-growing bourbon and and distillery brand in general. Uh, This is their 10-year one. Their 11-year one came out. Uh, about six months ago, just as good, if not better. Like they do a great job with that. And uh, you can find Chattanooga whiskey pretty much anywhere in the Southeast these days. Like it's all over the place. Pretty easy to find in the state of Florida, this specific bottle. You might have to look for a little bit, uh, but I think they had it at their distillery when I went in the spring, Zach, and uh, and I've got this one here in Tallahassee. I mean, you can find it. It is, it's findable. If you're interested in tasting something that's got a little uniqueness uh, to it beyond just their, uh, entry-level bourbon or their cast strength bourbon or rise, which you you can find everywhere. Uh, Let's get into this weekend. I want to start with, I think before we talk about some of the 2024 prospects, Zach, I think it'd be kind of interesting to like discuss what you do on a day like this, like what your, what your game plan is like, who you're working with closely, how you're kind of like handling business on just Saturday itself. And obviously you've been calling people and texting and DMing and stuff for, Weeks now, uh, you'll be working on Sunday as well. But, like, what does Saturday look like for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, Saturday, honestly, from a pure work standpoint, not too, too crazy. um Usually, I'll head over and, you know, be outside of Florida State's facility before the game to kind of confirm guys that arrive. Obviously, I want to make sure that, you know, the guys that I've reported are going to be there or that we're on, you know, Florida State's expected list do end up making it in just so that we you know, have an accurate head count of the prospects in the building. And then, you know, I kind of work hand in hand with Dane usually when doing that um, we'll chill out there, confirm all the visitors. And then our great photographers, um, Travis register and Greg Oyster um, both help a ton in confirming because they're able to take photos of the recruits on the field. And that helps us, you know, as they're able to, uh, to, to see those name tags. Um, cause when we're, when we're seeing them, it's just, we're trying to confirm who they are just based on, you know, face-to-face and, you know, some, sometimes I haven't seen these recruits in person before, so it's a little difficult. Um, so shout out to, to our photogs for helping a ton with that. But yeah, for Saturdays, for me, I mean, it's not nothing too crazy. Obviously, um, I'm sure FSU fans, if you're, if you're on nils247.com, you'll know oftentimes we're dropping, some late additions to the list. Dane's on Saturdays. Droppings. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, that's be, kind of become a tradition. Um, so that, that, that's probably the most fun part of my Saturdays is kind of dropping those late additions to those visitor lists. Did
1: you just brush off my Dane's droppings reference.
0: Nothing more to be said.
1: Remember we woke up one time and he wrote a story called Dane's droppings. Yes. We're like, oh, over oh, it minutes. was,
0: wor- it was titled worse before. I was able to be Can like you say, I
1: really forget what it is, so you can't it was, say I don't I don't want to know, it. It was
0: Dane's dome. <laughs> Actually, wait. No, I think it was Dane's droppings, and then he changed it to Dane's Dome. <laughs> <laughs> and he's continued to use Dane's Dome for his scouting pieces. I like it.
1: Good, I'm glad <laughs> you like it. Okay, let's start off with the 2024 prospects here. Uh to... It's cool because a lot of the heavy lifting is done. We've talked about this for a little bit, right, man? Like this is a, a big game hunting kind of kind of mindset in the final stretch of the last what, month and a couple weeks here. Uh, but like there's going to be some big time prospects still from from this current cycle on on campus. Starting off, all commitments going to be here. Any commitments that we haven't been able to confirm? It? FSU commitments, that is uh, Tribe 24 members. Um,
0: 2020. Luke Crumenhawk is the main one that won't be there not any reason for concern he, I wish you panic.
1: Like, panic. he has a
0: playoff game on saturday and he told me he was here for the duke game and he told me that he like went to the ad and like gave him the business about like them scheduling a playoff game on a saturday i guess someone in, uh, on our message board said that georgia is short on referees like the state of georgia is um and that's where luke plays his high school football so i guess they've had to you know put Put the games on Saturdays to apparently make that an easier process. Oh Luke was not happy about it because he wanted he wants to be at this game. Um, but but everything's great there. Um, I'll have a more in-depth feature with Luke this week.
1: Okay, all right. So that would be great to have Luke because he's such a good ambassador for this recruiting class, but yeah you'll have so many commits and it, so much energy. Like that. I think you can withstand that, but it is what it is. Uh, state of officiating is kind of like border bordering on like being an emergency I think but we don't have to get into to that now um yeah shocking that a lot of uh, adults don't like getting paid minimally to get yelled at by other adults um (laughs) let's move on to some of the players who were committed elsewhere I think that'll be a, a a fun talking point here starting off five star Jeremiah Smith. Maybe we've talked about him before on the podcast. Maybe uh, the recruit Knicks listening, the avid followers, people who just aren't checking in, have heard about him a few times before. Number one player in the country down in South Florida, wide receiver. He is legit, like, prodigious, elite. Um, Julio Jones. Like, that's kind of like it, when you're talking about his comp, you start bringing up some pretty elite players. So, this is a guy, Zach, that's committed to Ohio State. FSU continues to recruit him, uh, keeps getting to show up. Uh, this has been a big one uh, in the works for a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean this has been on the agenda for a long time. Um Jeremiah made it clear from, you know, a couple months ago that he that he wanted to be at this game and and here we go. It's it's this week and this will be his second opportunity to watch FSU in action this season. His first at an FSU home game because he was at the LSU game to open the season in Orlando. Now he'll watch the Knowles take on their rival Miami inside Doe Campbell stadium. Just a massive opportunity for Florida state as they look to chip away at his Ohio state commitment. He's been a commit to the Buckeyes since last December and he's saying all the right things, but you know, behind the scenes, we still feel pretty good about FSU's chances of being in this one until the end. Florida and Miami are the other two schools. They both hosted him on campus, um, I think, at least one time or several times this season as well. UF had him on campus, I think we spoke about, last weekend Mm -hmm. for their game or their loss against Arkansas. They're continuing to stay in it. Um, Miami will obviously try to have a good performance this weekend um, to maybe sway things their favor. I think we both agree that that Florida state probably stands the best shot of flipping Smith from Ohio state at this point in time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right now the way it's all kind of, uh, it's all materialized to this point. Yeah. It's Florida state, but we've also kind of felt that way for months now. Yeah. It just, it seems like, it's like Willy Wonka and Charlie Ch- chocolate factory in the Charlie factory. Um, or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Why is my Do Not Disturb on? Just, just it's a, not on. Amateur hour. Um, it feels like there's just like different schools are dropping one along the way, kind of. Little Oompa Loompas are like taking them, escorting them out. Uh, apparently, the kids in the book died. Not quite as morbid in the movies, but.
0: But I feel like they did die in the movies, no? We
1: just don't. But like, I think it was more like that was open to, interpretation. to interpretation. Yes. But- uh, any FSU kind of keeps on chipping along. They, they drank the bubbly. They floated up the top of the room and, uh, them and grandpa who just faked that he couldn't walk by the way, it was just bedridden and then he was fine. Uh, all of a sudden, like they're still in it here. They're, they're hanging on. So, uh, hopefully as a reference that people understood, probably not. And that's a hundred percent on me. Uh, let's talk about uh, Cam Coleman will show up. He's a five-star a uh, wide receiver commit to Texas A&M. We talked about him a little bit last week. I don't think there's a whole lot to keep going on Zach. It's just you probably need to get him to show up for an OV still for this to yeah. become a real thing. We'll see. Um a few defensive backs who are committed elsewhere. Let's talk about all three in context here. We got Wardell Mack, uh, top was like top 150 cornerback from Louisiana. He's committed to UF. Xavier Lucas, a 3-star, but someone has really fun senior tape committed to Wisconsin. I think Miami's chipping away there. Uh, he's from South Florida. And then Kai Bates, an Orlando area cornerback, top 100 prospect. Uh, he is committed to LSU. And um, there's intel on all three. I think all are kind of linked together in some capacity or another with FSU probably getting Jamar Howard this week before the game. That that seems that's where all the crystal balls are at. Space limited for DBs. Uh, but let's let's talk about, I guess, what what's kind of happening with the DB board and uh, the prospects with those three.
0: Yeah, so if you count Jamari Howard in the class, that would make FSU's DB counter at five commitments in the 2024 cycle. They signed six last year. So I think they would really only want to add one more. And if we're just talking between Kai Bates, Wardell Mack, and Xavier Lucas, the three flip targets, those are probably the guys that you want to look at immediately as – possible candidates to be that last spot in my opinion i think the most likely candidate is xavier lucas the wisconsin commit um he's a guy that has deep connections to florida state staff fsu was really you know miami has gotten involved like a lot more involved with him as of late but fsu has been a school involved with him a ton throughout his recruiting process they were really high on him in the spring they obviously kind of their DB recruiting uh, skyrocketed it over the summer with, you know, KJ Bolden and Charles Lester joining the, the boat. And they kind of cooled on Xavier Lucas um, for his, you know, before his summer commitment to Wisconsin. They've watched some senior tape of Xavier. They like his body type. And I think they're going to be pushing, you know, or they have been pushing much harder uh, in his recruitment. And, you know, another tie, I think we spoke about this, like Pastor Tan used to be the the American Heritage head coach. He Xavier Lucas goes to American Heritage. Those two are close, so that's helping FSU out here. Miami is is a legit contender there, and and they apparently feel pretty good about their chances with him right now. So I think this this visit weekend is going to be big when it comes to Xavier yeah. Lucas's recruitment because his two other you know schools that he's considering are, are going to be playing each other. So the result I'm sure is going to matter to what degree. We'll see. Um, But I but I feel like you know out of those three guys, I think FSU has the best shot with Xavier Lucas. Well, Wardell Mack is an interesting one too. The Florida commit, he's a guy that FSU hosted for an ov at the or his first official visit um, Mm -hmm. in his recruitment uh, on that first weekend of June. Did not land him in his early commit or his early decision. Obviously, with UF taking that win, but he seems to be pretty open with things. Um, He hasn't been to UF in a while yeah, uh, and, and he'll be back at FSU this weekend. So we'll see if anything shifts in that recruitment. I think Kai Bates, I mean, he's a top 100 prospect. I know we're really high on him. Like as a company, Dane is a, is a huge fan. And when you got that Dane stamp of approval, you must be a dog. So Dane's um, yeah, he's out of Orlando Edgewater, six foot one and a half, 180 pounds. Like he's an ideal candidate to be that last corner uh, in the class and and i think fsu really likes him i think we'll kind of see how his recruitment trends i i would probably put tennessee as the school most likely to flip him over fsu he's an lsu commit right now but um, we'll see if this weekend changes anything with with kai bates and florida state
1: yeah, our lsu site correct me if i'm wrong but with kai bates they're kind of expressing some passion yeah. in keeping him is that fair yeah,
0: expressing that that you know, maybe they don't expect him to end up in their class. Um, I don't know, you know, too much on that right now. Like, I know for a fact, so just digging a little bit back into this recruitment. Um, after FSU beat LSU, Kai Bates, like, Florida State started, like, hitting up Kai Bates a little bit more. Um, you know, they're still in contact, but he got on the phone call with, like, the entire staff that next week and they were kind of working on getting him on campus nothing ever really materialized i think it was like might have been the southern miss game that they were trying to get him there and he was like i don't really want to go to the southern miss game cuz it's not like a big game um he's been to lsu multiple times this year so to like and their secondary's been great yeah i mean they're not great but they need help so there is a path he, to he really play probably plays freshman year at, at lsu unless they you know go add some studs out of the transfer portal but uh but yeah i mean with Ty, like I thought that things were kind of over there. um, but maybe this this visit weekend changes things. Um, I guess we'll we'll have to see afterwards.
1: real quick on that, Zach. who? Different than who you think Florida State likes, or who would be the best fit in in the class with the collective what you already have with your other DB commits. Like, who do you like in a vacuum? Like, who would you rank the highest from a skill set perspective, upside, all that stuff? You have to if you had to put your own grade on it. Who who would you want of the three? Start your class. I would go
0: like if if there were no other factors right. as far as like you know ability to get them. Or no no
1: DBs on the board. boards, clean slate. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would say Kai Bates is from a film standpoint is my favorite. Huh. Then I would go Xavier Lucas, and then Wardell Mack. Um, you know I'm. I'm always going to bank on a defensive back from American heritage. I mean, their hit rate, especially at that position has been like insanely high over the past, you know, recent history. I mean, Patrick Sertan, Tyson Campbell, like there's a ton of guys that have come out of that program and just been dudes. So that's why I like Xavier Lucas a lot. And he's had a really um, impressive senior season. Like I know um, that's why FSU and Miami are, are turning up the heat for him.
1: Good size, good track time uh, for yeah. him. And yeah, the senior film, like if you guys, it's only like the mid-season one's like a minute and a half long, but like there's fun film there. Like you could see a big, big athlete kind of open up and and be explosive. Like that's, I think FSU is always going to try to bank on that. They love long, explosive athletes. Yeah. Let's talk about a recent uh, name to the list. This one was... Kind of rumored for a little bit, wasn't sure when it was going to materialize. Steve Wilfong breaks news. I think it was on Tuesday. Maybe it was Monday. Miami week, everything blurs together for me. It's just a bowl of hatred, uh, kind of froth together, and then you drink it down. Um
0: get to the point.
1: Who's who's visiting Zach? <laughs> sorry.
0: Jason is I who I think you're talking about.
1: Yes. I, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't cover recruiting full time. So for me to like put in, like just all of a sudden become talking about.
0: You do all right. these like weird like analogies. Yeah. Just my
1: different. brain wanders. Cause it's not just me talking about football and the team constantly. So it's kind of this meandering. Gotcha. It's Jason Zandermella. Let's talk about Zandermella. Him. Z- um, Zandermella.
0: Jason Zandermella at a Clearwater Academy International. If you recognize that school, that's where Florida state signed big time offensive tackle, Lucas Simmons last cycle. Um, they won that recruiting battle over, you know, schools like USC and Tennessee and Florida. But this time around, um, you know, over the summer, you know, Jason Zandamella committed to USC. Before that, FSU was kind of the perceived favorite, like heavy favorite for Jason Zandamella. They had an OV scheduled for the end of June with him. And then he heads out to Los Angeles for a weekend and and leaves L.A. committed to the Trojans. And cancels that FSU Ov. So, ever since then, this recruitment's kind of been on the low. FSU's continued to work it. Like he's definitely been their their top guy, uh, remaining guy along the offensive line um, in this class. There's been some rumors about like uh, you know other guys like Jordan Seaton or whatever, but Jason NML has been that dude for for Alex Atkinson, Florida State. And it seems like this weekend they'll finally have another opportunity to host him on campus. I think the goal. For FSU has to be to lock down an OB with Jason Zandavella. Like if everything goes right this weekend, get him in, out back in his office, Mike Norvell's office, convince him, like, hey, you know, you're not ready to flip, like, just give us another shot to host you for a more extended stay. Cause obviously, because obviously they didn't get to do that over the summer. And I think that's an important step here. So, you know, we'll kind of see what materializes following this this visit weekend. But I think it's absolutely massive news if he does end up stepping foot in Tallahassee on Saturday.
1: Yeah, that's um an open for business type of trend, right? Like so much for recruiting is following trends. And yeah, uh, as as Berg used to say, you follow the visits and like November with USC coming off of is it three straight losses? They're struggling. Um,
0: yeah, I know they're unranked now.
1: Like, yeah, so there is, or they have three losses. I don't know if it's three straight, but it it hasn't been a great last month or so for them. It's telling, like this is on the table. Uh, Real quick, we're going to take a commercial break. We'll be right back in a minute.
0: Hello, everyone. It's Mike Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer, along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.
1: All right, I want to go to 2025, Zach. But before we do, is there anyone else with 2024 that you want to discuss or you think is noteworthy at this time?
0: I think uh, Armando Blunt okay. is a noteworthy one because of the two teams that will be playing football in Tallahassee this weekend, right? Like, these are the two teams that he's kind of flip-flopped uh, between Florida State was the perceived leader. He commits to Miami in, in September. A month later, flips to FSU after visiting for the Duke game. And there's already been some kind of rumor about you know Miami trying to make another play at him. So I think it's important for Florida state to win this game and, and look good doing it as they try to kind of secure this, this commitment. Um,
1: well, that's not, that wasn't a rumor to be fair.
0: Yeah. Well, I, to, like, you know, was, I mean like rumor as far as like, I don't, I don't know if anything actually happened, but. Oh no, but the Miami's
1: yeah. Miami, which seemed to be conceding him at one point went after immediately after the flip is seemingly trying to get back in it.
0: Yeah. Which they should. I mean, he's a local kid. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I. It's important for Florida State um, to win this game with Armando Blunt in attendance as they try to, you know, kind of lock things down. He'll be enrolling yeah. at FSU in, you know, just a few months. And that's the plan with with him reclassifying and then also early enrolling. Mm-hmm. So, only got a little little bit more to fight um, to try and keep him in the class, but this will be this visit weekend will be a, an important step uh, to, towards doing that.
1: Okay. 2025 and then beyond, but let's talk about some of the 2025 prospects. I think first and foremost, like table set here, Zach, is like FSU is ahead of schedule in terms of recruiting. And Finally. It, please. Like uh, this was something that was like so irksome during the Willie Taggart era. It's like they were never able to catch up. They didn't obviously didn't have a lot of time, but like that was a talking point constantly. Felt like FSU was starting to get there in the last year or so, but like we're here now, right? Like yeah. this is this is where FSU's living ahead For of sure. schedule.
0: Yeah. And like, I mean, FSU, I think early on in Mike's tenure, they kind of had to bank on early evaluations and just landing commitments from some of those guys. Like, I mean, if you look at the 24 class, a lot of those guys were were guys that they recruited in their freshman or sophomore years, like Cam Davis, Luke Cromanhawk, Landon Thomas, obviously there was some flip-flopping there, but he's back in the class. Camden Fry, like there's a number of guys that Florida State evaluated super early on and, um, you know, kind of took early on before they were even like really ranked. And they just, that's kind of how they were doing business. Now they're operating in a position of power to where they can, you know, kind of not slow play 2025 prospects, but just put themselves in great positions for them Not rush them into you know trying to get them to commit. Not like FSU is doing that, but for guys that that are more of higher status in the twenty five class. I mean, if you look at this visit weekend, it's like absolutely absurd. Like they have the, the, we'll get into it, but like they have the number one prospect in the entire country uh, for twenty five and twenty four on campus with Jeremiah Smith, Um, and then David Sanders, the offensive tackle, the five star out of North Carolina, like. It's an absurd visit list when it comes to 25 Um, obviously with 24 there's only a a few options left Um, but but with the class of 2025 Florida State really only has I think two commitments right now with uh, Trammell Jones and Ethan Pritchard and. uh, I mean, there, there are plenty of guys that are going to be on campus this weekend in the class of 25 that will end up in FSU's class next cycle.
1: You know, and often like in recruiting, it's not the class of where like winning starts to take hold. It's a year, maybe yeah. even sometimes two years. Like we see it in the portal where it happens almost instantly. You win that year. FSU went 10 and three last year. We saw what they did in the portal like this past cycle and the options they had available to them, the schools they were beating out. Uh, You're seeing it, like, on the recruiting trail to a large extent this year as you gain, like, a top-five class. But, like, just based on the sheer, like, players who are showing up in 2025 and and we're about to get into it, like, you're talking about another, like, almost assurance of a top-ten class just based on, like, who's showing up. Like, that's the head start you're kind of setting yourself up with. If if we're the belief that X amount of visits equals, you know, likelihood of commitment, you're kind of playing that formula in a really – like to your favor, really, really well. So um noteworthy for the people who aren't like who are semi-casual recruiting people and more just FSU football base. Like this was what this segment is going to be for. Trying to like inform you of like five names or so. I think is what we're going to do of like who you should know in 2025 cycle. So starting off, Zach, uh, who's your who's your number one player that you want to talk about here in 2025?
0: Yeah, I kind of spoiled it, uh, David, David Sanders. Sanders. The number I mean, one. He's the number one player in twenty twenty five, number one offensive tackle, six foot six, two hundred and seventy pounds. Like he's the most prototypical high school offensive tackle that you could ever find.
1: You know who he's uh, comp to in on his profile? Do you have it there in front of you? FSU fans will be familiar with him, uh, Charles Cross. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the the Virginia Tech game and, and a yeah. bygone era.
0: Former FSU commit um, who's and now now a, a,
1: a badass in the NFL. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um well, Florida State has a shot with David Sanders. Not going to be easy. I mean, this is a guy that literally every school in the country wants um, and every big time program, including Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, South Carolina, you know, a number of others that have hosted him on campus over the last year. FSU has had him on campus before. He was in Tallahassee for a multi-day visit surrounding a summer camp. Um, I think it was in July. And, you know, that was kind of their first shot at getting him to, to tally. And and they'll have their second shot this weekend for what's expected to be, you know, their most anticipated home game of the season. Um, that The environment should be crazy. And uh, and David Sanders will be in attendance, which is which is an awesome, awesome development for Florida State.
1: Yeah. Five star offense alignment showing up is always a good thing. All right, Zach, number two, who we got?
0: Yeah, I'll go with um, – I'm trying to think of the the best one here because there's just so, so many to choose from. I'll go with Usmani Kroma. Um, he's a four-star running back out of South Georgia, Leesburg, Georgia, Lee County High School. He's a guy that has really emerged for Florida State as kind of their, their top dude at the running back position in next year's class. Um, I mean, he's just – if you watch his tape, it's pretty – easy to see why Florida State, Georgia, and a ton of other schools want Usmani. This is another
1: Dane's Dane Dome specialty, correct?
0: Yes. Well, I, I mean, Dane and I have seen this kid in person at a league county game this season, and he's just like, he's absurd. Like, he he's the best running back prospect that I've seen in a long time in person. And I think Florida State might lead for him right now um, behind the scenes. Like, he hasn't publicly said that. And I don't think he's rushing into a decision. But if I, if we're if signing day were today, which obviously it's not, I think I think Usmani Chroma would pick FSU. There, the there's going to be you know, it's going to be a battle um, for him, uh, especially because he you know resides in the state of Georgia. UGA likes him a lot. When Chris, Dane, and I went up to Lee County High School in the spring, and I was still in Tallahassee, we were doing a little road tripping. Uh, Georgia's Glenn Schumann, who's their, I think their defensive coordinator now, uh, I guess he has that area of Georgia for them on the recruiting trail. And he was there in person uh, evaluating Simone Chroma while he was lifting weights and, and doing a workout for Lee County. So uh, that shows you just, you know, one of the schools that's, that's highly interested in him the guy that FSU badly wants in the 25 class.
1: Isn't it cool when like a Georgia coach shows up? Remember when we were uh, at the, the spring game, uh, St. Augustine, uh, the Jacksonville um, yeah. um, Mandarin uh, and versus St. Augustine. And uh, Mike Bobo showed up and you're like, oh, that's – they must have really good players. That's always kind of eye-opening. Yeah. Um, Osmani Kroma is the number 44 prospect nationally in the 24-7 sports composite. It's pretty good. All right. Number three, Zachary. Jamie French. Oh, speaking of Jackson Mandarin, yeah. what a great transition.
0: Yeah. Um, We saw him in that game. I think I said afterwards he was the, the best receiver prospect I had seen that spring. Obviously, you know, Jeremiah Smith is, is probably the best receiver that I've seen this cycle. Um, But in 25, I don't think, I don't think there's much better than Jamie French. I mean, he's so smooth, six foot one, 185 pounds, like you said, out of Jacksonville Mandarin, committed to the University of Alabama. but Florida State is still working hard to try and flip him. His high school quarterback, like I mentioned before, Tremell Jones is committed to FSU. So you know obviously Tremell's always in his ear about the Seminoles, and Jamie will get back to Tallahassee for the first time this season um, this weekend. And, and I think it'll be an important visit towards trying to uh, to flip him from the Crimson Tide.
1: Uh, real quick, Zach, as we're talking about twenty twenty five, who's sponsoring this segment?
0: Oh, football coach, College Dynasty, no. the number one college football management game on Steam for PC. It's my favorite game. Um, be <laughs> a coach, create game plans, call plays, recruit players develop your team, and compete for national championships. The features include college football, uh, conference realignment, school boosters, official visits for recruits, the transfer portal, and even NIL, Football Coach College Dynasty, is available on Steam now for $15. All
1: right, let's get to number four on your top five list that I did not ask you to come up with, and you're just doing it on the fly. But no Yeah, it's
0: really, really unfair. Um, yeah, so
1: difficult for you to have to talk about five great prospects. I'm so Elias
0: Williams, he's the number one tight end in the country in 2025. He's a Georgia commit right now. He so honestly the way like this recruitment is trended reminds me a lot of Landon Thomas. Um, besides the fact that Landon Thomas was a former FSU commit before flipping to Georgia, Elias Williams back when FSU hosted him on campus in March said Florida State was his leader and then like a week after Landon Thomas flipped to FSU Georgia landed Eli- Elias Williams so i thought i thought that was kind of funny like the timing of all, of it all but FSU hasn't stopped recruiting Elias they got him on campus over the summer they had him on campus for the duke game i spoke to him exclusively after that game and he had you know nothing but great things to say about Florida State and just you know, what they're doing with tight ends. I, I know you posted a story uh, this week, Brendan, about, you know, the tight end room and how they're, you know, one of the only programs in the country that that has multiple tight ends with over 100 receiving yards. And yeah, um, they're, they're doing a great job utilizing tight ends. And I think that game, especially um, for the Duke game, that they, you know, used them pretty very well. So um, yeah, he he was, you know, saying great things. He basically said that FSU was was. The only or the school with the best shot to flip him from UGA. He said that was really the only other school he was considering. So getting him back on campus for this weekend would be absolutely massive towards FSU's chances of pulling off another five-star flip from the two-time reigning national champions.
1: Kind of petered out there. Uh, all right, let's go to number five. Oh, that's also Elias Williams is a Chris favorite. Um. So- all right, we're going to have you go and talk about the fifth player on your list. No more after that. I'm not going to be like Chris where you're trying to get extras or whatever. This is it. So pick pick a good one. My dog's yeah. making weird noises in the other room. So while you talk about it, I'm going to make sure he doesn't have like a dead animal in the living room. All right?
0: Got it. All right. So number five is Zayden Walker. He's the number one linebacker in the country in 2025. He is out of Schley County in Ellaville, Georgia. He's another guy that Chris, Dane, and I uh, went to go see during the spring. Um, mostly, honestly, because of his older brother, Jalewis Solomon, who's now committed to South Carolina. Former FSU DB target in the twenty-four class. FSU's not really active there anymore, but a prospect they definitely want to add out of that high school is Zayden Walker. He's a you know total freak at the linebacker position. Six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds. Like I said, number one ranked linebacker. In the country in next year's class, number ten overall prospects in that cycle. I mean, Florida State—it's going to be an uphill battle. I'm not going to lie. Like they—that—that's a—that's a, that's the a battle's block.
1: end potentially. That's a—that's a plug for if you want good recruits.
0: True. Um, or just the roster. Yeah, I think Georgia probably sits in the best spot for for Zayden Walker. They've had him on campus multiple times this season. This will be his first trip to FSU, I think, since the summer when his older brother, Joe Lewis took an OV to Tallahassee and he kind of accompanied accompanied him on that visit. So it's good that they're getting him back on campus. I do think it'll be a tough recruitment to win, but who knows, you know, um, FSU's pulled off some stunners this cycle who says they can't uh, land another high caliber prospect from the state of Georgia in Zayn and Walker.
1: All right, so those are your five, obviously many, many more. Where. If someone wanted to know about such things, where could they go to learn more about prospects who will be visiting this weekend of the 2025, 26,
0: 24 variety? Most247.com. I got the full up to date visitor list um, up on the site. It's been there for two weeks. Yeah, a lot of
1: people have been reading that list, apparently.
0: Yeah, we're going to continue. We're going to continue. We're going to continue updating it all the way up until game time. Um, I'm sure that there will be more additions. I've already been adding a ton more today.
1: I'm staring into
0: the soul of people.
1: Do we want to play a game of Buyer's Sonone before we get out of here, Zach? Let's do it. All right. Buyer's Sonone is brought to you by? The Turner Group. The Turner Group. I don't sit known on getting into the housing market just because it is a stressful, anxiety-provoking process. Trust me, I know all about anxiety and, and stress and uh, if you're going to enter the housing market and like we've uh, dabbled in potentially doing it, uh, talked to Colin Turner about it and he's given us some good advice about what we can do, what we can't do, and we can do it. Uh, and just like in a simple minute, 10 minute, like phone call, like felt pretty good about like what our outlook is. And you can have a similar level of experience if you're kind of contemplating entering the market, he can help you throughout the entire state of Florida. He specialized like he's in central Florida winter park area, but, under the Keller Williams umbrella can help you out like throughout the entire state. So Colin Turner, Amy Turner, Chris isn't here to yell Becky, but Becky, everyone at the Turner group, uh, they can help you out. Uh, So go ahead, Google the Turner group, find the number, or if you like are contemplating getting in the market and you're not sure if you really want to reach out to Colin, if he can help you message me and I will get you guys set up. Okay. All right, Zach, by or Sanon surprise visitor, Probably. Should we just end the podcast on that?
0: Sure. You all don't right. have anything else?
1: Well, surprise visitor. Zach is buying, but it wouldn't be surprised if we all knew. So uh, make sure to keep checking Knowles 24-7 throughout the weekend, see who shows up, maybe see who doesn't, if there's any changes, things like that. Obviously a huge game coming up this weekend as well. Like not just recruiting, but actually playing a game. Games get played. This is why Florida State's doing so well on the trail. Uh, FSU Miami coverage will be – uh, all over the place at Knolls, twenty-four-seven. So for Zach Ballesting, I'm Brendan Sinone. This has been on. Actually, hit my chest. This has been on the bench. Uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, later this week as we do a game preview, No by enemy, all that good stuff.